What's good, party people? I am Candia Johnson, your host of Candid Conversations. Welcome and welcome back to Candid Conversations. If you are a returning listener who's used to the vibe we like to hold around these Candid Conversation streets. Anywho, if there's one thing I wish someone would have told me growing up, it's that it truly takes a village to help you navigate the ups and downs of life. You won't have everything figured out right after college. You might not be happy or satisfied at your first job, or you might not be happy or satisfied with your six-figure paying job. (laughs) I am a firm believer in everyone having access to a life squad or even a glam squad. Glam squads aren't solely for celebrities. Glam squads are for everyday people like you and me. A glam squad or life squad could include everyone from the person who does your hair and makeup to the person who can get your mind right. That could be a therapist, coach, friend, colleague. You need a team of those people to level up and succeed in life. And you don't even need to talk to them every day, but they should be a part of your squad. And today's guest, Ayana Angel, is a part of my squad of people who has helped me process certain things, and even achieve a few career goals, like being a guest expert for my Monetize Your Influence Masterclass that I held a few years ago. Ayana is a podcast producer at her very own podcast production company, Maisie Media. In fact, when I wanted to relaunch the Candid Conversations podcast, she helped me to get my mind and my methods right. (laughs) And as a result of her own career transitions... She started a podcast, the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast, which has been featured by Apple in their Inspiring Women and Bold Women collection of podcasts. With the rapid growth and popularity of Switch, Pivot, or Quit, she's also been tapped to host events and speak on panels. And because of her track record and dedication to, you know, improving her craft, She's been featured to speak at companies and conferences, including Google and Spotify and the Work It Festival and Create and Cultivate. Her press features include the likes of Forbes, Black Enterprise, Girl Boss, Essence Magazine. And drumroll, please, she's an author. <laughs> she's an author behind several fiction and nonfiction works. And her latest book, Quit Playing It Small is a professional and personal development book that you can use for your morning routine. It's now a workshop as well. And so today we are going to talk about ways that you can quit playing it small. I hope you enjoy, listen, and don't forget to rate the Candid Conversations podcast. Enjoy party people. So I am super hyped about today's guest, Ayanna Angel. Because I truly have appreciated the role that she's, she's played on my success squad. And listen, y'all, she ain't volunteer. She was voluntold. You know, every day I let her send her an email or a text or like, girl, we got to meet for lunch. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to have a really good candid conversation about how to quit playing small, how to build meaningful relationships and how to show up anyway, despite what's happening in the world. So welcome, Ayana. 
Thank you so much, Candia, for having me. <laughs> so, so, so let's share a good word. Share a good word about who you are and what makes you feel most alive at this place in your life. Mm, this is a deep question off top. <laughs> oh, who am I? Girl, I'm still trying to figure it out now. <laughs> um, I think if I were to answer the question, who am I? And be completely, like, candid about it. Um, I am someone who is creative. But I've also recognized that I'm strategic as well. So I'm someone who's always trying to find ways to blend those two things together. And the, the strategic person in me makes me really responsible, if you will, and bossy at times, I've been told by some, um, personally and professionally, all together, all around. But then the creative makes me want to try things and do things and explore, you know, and, um, and constantly challenge my boundaries and my limits and, and the things that I think are limits for me. So I would just say I am a constantly evolving person who's also trying to work on being more open to the different seasons that are coming my way in life and also the different things that are coming my way in life. So um, I think you asked, where am I at right now? Yeah. Like what, at what, well, I mean, I think, believe you answered the question. I'm sitting here like, wow. All right. (laughs) And what I love about that is that you introduced yourself without attaching who you are to a title, to a career. And I think as women, sometimes that's how we define ourselves. And listen, you know, you've done some amazing things. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the book, Quick Playing Small. We're going to talk about the podcast that you have, Switch, Pivot, or Quit, which was, by the way, rated by Apple as one of the top bold podcasts for women. So... Listen, you you out here doing it. But I love that uh, one of the things I try to remind myself of is that you are not your career. You Mm -hmm. are not tied to a specific title or a specific role. And so with that being said, I really want to get into some of the favorite gems that you dropped in Quit Playing Small. Now, my first favorite was uh, you said something like you have to be willing to be seen to be successful. Mm. So what are, first off, tell us a little bit about the book. Kind of how did it come about? Sure. So I wrote Quit Playing Small because I know that we live in this era of quick bits of information. People don't have time to sit around and listen to you pontificate on everything that you think. And then finally pull the gems out of it, right? They just want the gem. And so for me, I wanted to create something for the Switch Pivot or Quit podcast audience that could aid them in their journeys because I know that a lot of Switch Pivot or Quit is transition, right? It's uncertainty. It's not knowing. And within that, a lot of us tend to create a morning routine, And in our morning routine, we sometimes will read books, but we only have time to read a couple pages. If we're lucky, read a chapter from a book, right? 
But we're reading it because we want to get that goodness. We want something to, to feed us. We want something to nurture us. We want something to maybe educate us or make us think. And so I wanted to create the Quit Plan Small book as something that people could turn to in their daily routine to just give them that boost, give them that thing to think about. Maybe kind of like that big sister or that homegirl that's like, girl, did you do this though? Did you think about it like that though? You know, just that little something to give you a little umph. And so I also recognize the value in sharing personal experiences as well though. So I incorporated all those thoughts and put that together for Quit Playing Small so that it could be a book that you can constantly go back to. You could use it daily. You could use it every other day, but you won't feel like you're behind and you won't feel like that guilt, like, oh, just another book I didn't finish. No, this book is always here for you to reach back to. And hopefully it is serving people in a way that it's intended, which is along their journey, because these journeys that we live and this life that we live is so crazy good, mm-hmm. you know, but we we don't always know what to do with it. And so hopefully the book is is helping people and comforting them and guiding them or whatever they're using it for along their journeys. Right. I, I definitely felt that it was times that I would read an excerpt and it would have me feeling a little guilty, like, oh, OK, mm. wait a minute. that's me. Let me mm-hmm. get my mind right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the first quote, you have to be willing to be seen to be successful. Right. Because for me, when I'm reading that, I know for myself, I've had my own struggles with constantly trying to put myself out there. Yeah. But then I also hear now from even some clients that I work with. Oh, I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to do this. I just want to work hard. And I'm like, listen, it's just not enough to be qualified anymore. I hate to tell you that it's just not enough. No work hard. It's really right. not. You have to kind of be your own hype woman. <laughs> really, right. essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to be your and own hype woman. A part of where that entry came from too is number one, I come from a PR background. So I did sports entertainment PR at the National Basketball Association for a number of years. And I was used to always being behind the scenes, putting other people up front, making them shine and Really, PR, if you know anything about it, it's a very thankless job. And at the end of the day, most people don't even know who did what to get what result. So I was used to playing that role. But when I started going on this journey of putting myself out there and being on, out there on my own, I realized that I needed to do more to put myself out there. I wasn't even doing enough, right? And I think that this goes in any way that you show up in life, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're somebody who's climbing the corporate ladder and looking for that success, whatever it is, you have to be willing to be seen. And so for an entrepreneur, what does that look like? It looks like being able to be proud of the work that you do. We all struggle with that at times. It looks like being able to be confident with it, being able to share with other people. One of the main things that I learned early on in this independent space is that you have to be a saleswoman. How can you sell something if you're not confident in it? How can you sell something if you can't talk about it yourself, if you're not going to be the one to to point out and bring out all the great um, elements of something, right? Which includes yourself. You have to be able to point out and pull out and show somebody all the great elements of yourself. And then on the other side of that, if you're in a corporate space and you constantly get project after project and you are killing it, But senior management doesn't know 
that you are the driving force behind these projects, you're not being seen. And what does that mean? You cannot be successful in that space because nobody knows what your actual contribution is. So you have to be willing whether that means that you have to get over the stage fright, whether that means you have to get over the, um, the modesty, uh, whether that means you have to get over that fear of speaking up for yourself, whatever it is, you have to be willing to be seen to be successful. Because if nobody is seeing you behind the scenes and knowing that you're executing on certain things, they can't give you the kudos that you deserve. They can't give you any of the accolades the promotions, the raises, or anything that ultimately would potentially come your way if they're not seeing you as the person who's doing the work. So very true. That is so very true. And I think a lot of those fears are ingrained in us mm-hmm. in our younger years. Just Absolutely. work hard, do the work, mm-hmm. you know, do mm-hmm. the work and success will follow. And then <laughs> you finally get into a workplace or you want to delve into entrepreneurship and you think that that is enough. Mm-hmm. And I believe in my interactions with people and even at, with myself, it, you know, it, it's that mindset shift that you have to make mm-hmm. to really advance and get to that next level. So yeah. when you look back, on your career, particularly when you transitioned into entrepreneurship, what are the top two ways or the top two vehicles that you've created or or used to become seen? Mm. I would say the first thing is, and th- these are just really, really simple things, but um, I would say the first thing is I created a bio. I wrote my bio and I acknowledged what some of the things were that I had done that I deserved to shine for that other people deserve to know about. And that sounds very simple, but if you take the stab at writing your bio first, and I'm not saying you have to just end with that bio, but if you can take the first stab at it and identify the amazing things about your journey or the amazing things about you as a, as a um, individual, as a professional, it makes it a lot easier for somebody else to highlight and see the story that's being told about you and who you are as a professional, right? And it also gives you that time to recognize and really truly sit with and acknowledge the things that you've done. Because so, so much of the time, We're so busy going from one box that we're trying to check to the next. We're on to the next goal that we don't take the time to take inventory to say, wow, I actually have achieved a lot. Maybe it's not exactly where I want to be, but I've done enough in this space to be proud of, you know? And so that's one of the first things and one of the first vehicles that I think really helped me was sitting down and identifying what my story is. And what some of the highlights are from that story. And then the second thing is even simpler, but it's getting some headshots, getting some quality photos done. Because the first things that people ask you when they do want to feature you somewhere, whether it be they want to feature you as a speaker for a conference or they want to feature you as a guest contributor on a website or something, they want your bio and they want a headshot. So these are just things that if you're ready with them, it just makes the, the journey much easier. But if you're not, you're scrambling, right? 
And if you're not, you have to ask yourself, why am I not? Because a part of the reason you might not have headshots is because you might be one of those people saying, I'm not photogenic. I don't need everybody to see me. I don't want to put myself out there like that. Well, why is that? Because you're not really trying to be seen. So it's a, it's as simple as a photo, as a picture. It's, 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 what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, but it's like, it really comes together. If you're trying to be seen, allow yourself to be photographed to be seen. What is the point of a photograph? To be seen, to be remembered, you know, to be memorialized in a, in a certain type of way. You're capturing a moment in time. So if you can't allow yourself to be seen in a photograph, you're probably not doing a good job at allowing yourself to be seen overall in your life. Right. So, And then you have lended your amazing voice to this incredible podcast. <laughs> and for me, I mean, just even just the name alone, switch, pivot, or quit. Mm-hmm. It's very... Um, you know, intriguing, but also it's almost like a permission slip. I felt, mm. I feel like the title is a permission slip because I do feel like, uh, you know, part of being seen is also understanding that, okay, you're going to put yourself out there and you may change your mind and you mm. may <laughs> make some mistakes along the way. And the mm. podcast and the guests that you have uh, embody that kind of permission slip to say, it's okay, you out there and it's okay, you may change direction along the way. And there's a bunch of women to let you know that they've changed direction along Mm -hmm. the way, right? And so tell us about the opportunities that you, you, that have fell in your lap because of this podcast. Wow, so... I would say that when I first started the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast, I started it because I wanted something that I would have wanted to listen to when I was in my midst of transition. I wanted to create the podcast and have the conversations that I would have wanted to listen to. So it was a very organic start in terms of just wanting to help and, and, and offer something to the women that I knew were out there just like me. And I think because it was so organic in the way that it started and I didn't have any expectations, other things started to come my way as a result of just having the authentic conversation. So I've had speaking engagements um, presented to me, paid speaking engagements presented to me as a result of hosting the podcast. I've been able to teach workshops at you know, some amazing companies like Spotify because of the podcast. Um, I've been able to be on other people's podcasts and share my voice and have, and, and really one of the larger things too is develop relationships with people who I may not have crossed paths with if I wasn't hosting this podcast. And I don't take any of that for granted, especially because I didn't see any of it coming but it all really feeds into my journey and it continues to help clarify what my journey is. So even I have those days where I'm questioning things and I'm like, what am I doing? Where am I going? And all that. And it's like, but in the end, after I left my corporate position, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I didn't even know exactly what my, my larger, you know, purpose was, but 
something was nagging in the back of my mind before I left that said, you're supposed to do more than this. I just didn't know what more looked like. Mm -hmm. And so even when I have those days now where I'm questioning things, I have to go back and remember, this is the more. The more is me serving an audience, a group of people, a community that I could not have served if I would have stayed where I was. And the reason that I know that this is where I'm supposed to be is because this path came so organically. It's not, this is not something that I sought out. This is not something that I created because I thought, oh, this is, uh, this is the next big wave, or maybe I can make money doing this. No, me showing up in this space was truly a result of when I quit my job and I got this book publishing deal that I didn't even know I was going to get, right? I got it four months after I quit my job by the grace of God. As I continued on this journey of thinking I was just going to be this author and this book was going to come out and it was going to sell an amazing amount of copies and I was just going to be this author, right? People kept asking me about my journey and they keep they kept telling me how inspired they were at the fact that I quit this job that most people would never quit. I left, uh, you know, this comfort that I had. I went to London and lived there for a few months. I explored, I traveled, I did things that most people would think, why are you doing this here? And they even asked some of my friends on the low, like, how is she doing all this? You know, questions like that, right? It was mind boggling to people, but because people kept coming to me and asking me and inquiring and saying how inspired they were. And I started to realize how many people actually were in a similar position as me. They did not like where they were professionally. That's when it started to click. Okay, you need to share more of this. And not only that, people were already coming to me, asking me for advice about different things. And I really didn't know why. But I think now when I go back to what I touched on earlier, it's because of the practical way that my mind thinks in the strategic way that my mind thinks that's why they were tapping in and asking me for advice and so I had to realize if you marry all these things together you have what you're supposed to be doing this this writing was just a vehicle to help you uncover and get to a place where you realize no 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 you love to talk honey so this is how you're supposed to be serving this is what your bigger is this is that thing that was nagging in the back of your mind when you were sitting on the fifth, uh, on the 13th floor, I'm sorry, 14th floor at the NBA offices trying to figure out what was going to be next for you. This was that. And you didn't even know it. You thought it was going to be writing. But sometimes you just have to allow yourself to go on the journey so that you can then discover what's really meant for you. I know I said a lot. <laughs> no, I, listen, I love that. I feel like I need to throw something in your collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it because, you know, hearing you speak makes me, one of the things that I, that I, I remind myself of often and I try to remind my clients of often is that we talk a lot about confidence being key. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think it's, I know it's curiosity. It's being Mm -hmm. open to being curious about the world around you. Not so much so having a one set track mind on achieving the specific, you know, a specific goal. 
So that if some other opportunities come your way, you're like, no, I'm just, you know, going to go one step, keep going the same way I was going. You know, Mm -hmm. it seems like that you've been open so much so to curiosity that it's led you to, okay, you got a book deal, but then you started listening to the questions that you were getting from people and realized like, okay, maybe I'm onto something. And it led you into a different, another direction that kind of expanded on that. And I think that sometimes we just want to, you said this earlier, we just want to keep going on to the next best thing, the next best thing, the next best thing Mm -hmm. without taking a moment to really listen and observe the recurring patterns that's happening in your life. Another thing um, that you said, you talked about, you didn't know what more looked like. And Mm -hmm. I've had that same feeling as well, knowing you're in a space in your career and you're like, I know I'm supposed to do something more, but what is more? (laughs) What is more? So what would you tell that person who's, saying to themselves, I feel like I'm supposed to do more, but I don't know what to do. What would you tell Mm -hmm. them? Uh, You know, first thing I want to say before I even say this, sometimes we, we consume a lot, right? And we listen to a lot of different sources. We listen to a lot of different podcasts. We read the books, we watch the YouTube videos. We do all the things, right? Especially when, when we're in a place of transition and we're looking for these aha answers, right? Sometimes there's an aha answer. There's an answer that's going to make you, you know, go aha. Sometimes it's very simple. And let's not discount the simplicity of some of the things that we need to do. Now I'll say the answer to that is, I think you just need to be open. A lot of times we think we're open, but we're constantly rejecting things. Somebody invites you somewhere. Oh, I don't want to go there because I don't normally go to that kind of stuff. Somebody offers you a new food to try, a new dish. Oh, I don't eat that. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like hot stuff. I don't Right. And we're rejecting everything. And so those, those two instances I just gave you, they're very simple instances, but they're instances that can show up in everyday life. Right. And then you wonder why you're not seeing what you think you're supposed to see in the larger scheme of things with relation to your career and where you should be going next. Well, if you really look at it, you're not very open because you're rejecting everything that comes your way. Maybe that new dish that you would have tried might've led you to a conversation that could have led you to an aha moment that could have led you to something that you would find a lot of happiness and joy in. You don't know. You don't know. You don't. And because we don't know, we need to be open, you know, and it's a, sometimes for a lot of us, it's a hard practice because it feels like uncomfortable, you know, it, 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 that openness will make you do some things that are uncomfortable for you. And that openness may also challenge you in some ways. And that openness may also shut you down in some ways too, but just be open if you're trying to figure it out. Constantly remind yourself of that openness because that openness can bring something into your life that you did not expect. Right, right. There's a quote that uh, I see people post a lot too, uh, when, or it's a question. When uh-huh. is the last time you did something new? And I believe mm. it's something that we need to ask ourselves very often. 
yeah. you know, once a quarter or twice a quarter. When is the last time that you, you've done something new? You've tried something new, even if you come, you know, out of it saying, I will never do that again. So, right. Right. so what? You've done it. Exactly. And like and you, you know said, you never know where it, where it will lead. Exactly. And that makes me think of, too, you know, I understand that people like us, sometimes we can be categorized in the self-help type of category, obviously personal development, professional development, all of that. But before I knew anything about those terms, really, and had really started to dive in, I was just following my intuition, following myself on what felt right, what I thought I should do. And some of the things that I did was try new things, just like you just said. I remember taking an acting class and had to do a solo and give my lines. And I was terrified. And I, I made one of my coworkers sign up with me, my old coworker. And we did that class together. And I remember being at work before we had to go to that class later in the evening. And I was like, oh, girl, I am terrified to give these lines. Oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. We got to get up in front of this whole little class. Oh, but I pushed myself outside of my comfort zone. I tried something new. I was completely open to it. And guess what? It didn't kill me. It, it was fine. So it's so funny. I t- years ago I took a uh, interior design class. Yes. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> I love it. But you know what? You're absolutely right. I think that people we overthink things. If yes. there is something that's been on your mind, I always tell people this: if something has been on your mind for a couple of days, like you know, you're watching HGTV. I don't know, and the next thing you know, you're thinking, you know, you want to try and turn to take a class. Who cares? Just do it. You're a social worker, <laughs> like, and you yeah. still want to take an interior design class. You don't. Nobody pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah, and nobody's gonna knock you. Nobody's like everything that we do doesn't have to be for a specific purpose of getting the next job or checking the next box in our career trajectory. You know, sometimes you just got to live. Right. Right. And, you know, so one part of the book you talked about, uh, you got a speaking engagement at Google Mm -hmm. and it was because someone was listening to the podcast so yep. tell us, so so was she listening to you for a while and then she just got to like email you? Mm-hmm. That, wow. Exactly. She had been a listener for a while and um, she had an opportunity where she was a part of, I guess you could call it a board that was creating an internal conference, a one day conference for some of the em- employees at the company. And they were thinking about the different career-related topics that they wanted to cover. And she thought of me and then reached out and said, Hey, I've been listening to the podcast and I want to know if, and I work at Google and I want to know if, you know, you'd be open to speaking on this topic. Can we get on the phone and talk about it if, if you are? And it was just as simple as that. And so sometimes you really have to be mindful of how you're showing up because Even when you think that people aren't watching, people are watching. And sometimes they don't even know what they're watching for yet. They may just be there. But then when that opportunity presents itself, if you've made a positive impression, they're willing to connect with you to potentially give you that opportunity. I I loved that story because... When I think about the book, Jim, you never know who is trying to see how you move. Some people are just looking for you to be consistent. And you're messaging, 
how you put yourself out there. And, you know, I'm kind of the I'm really the same way. I will sit there and watch somebody for probably a year before they get a coin or a call or anything <laughs> from yep. me. Yep. And, you know, I always laugh and say, look, for, for all we know, Oprah could be listening to me now. Hey, girl, I'm ready. I just looking for you to show up consistently and to show up and have a point of view at the same time about things that are going on. So in looking and understanding your journey now, that's such an amazing story for someone who started a podcast, but didn't really have a set goal to make money and to, Mm -hmm. you know, turn this into a career or anything like that. Nope, not at all. And I think that's one of the things that we sometimes dismiss too. Some of the people that you see that uh, are on the Today Show or Good Morning America or something like that, that's just a result of a producer doing a quick Google search sometimes. Sometimes it is as simple as that. Or sometimes it's a result of somebody engaging with you and being drawn to you. Or I should say engaging with something that you do and being drawn to you and not really knowing why and not really knowing what they can do with it. And maybe they can't do with anything with it where they are, but then maybe they get a new job and they're tasked with um, throwing some, some, some names in the hat for people who could do hosting for people who could, for people who have new books out, for pe- whatever it is. And then they think of you, you know? So a lot of times you think that you're just showing up for yourself. You think that you're just doing what you're supposed to do, but sometimes you're showing up so that somebody else can see what they need to see in order to tap you to do what you need to do. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So so what happens, so particularly now, so at the time that we're recording this podcast, um, the officers who murdered Brianna Taylor no one was charged, right? right? So we have the pandemic still happening. Right. What, how, how are you protecting your magic <laughs> with all of this going on? How are you um, staying motivated to mm-hmm. promote or just share your work, right? Because sometimes you just, I know for me, sometimes I just want to shut down and I do shut down. <laughs> Let me say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how are you staying motivated and continuing the momentum of showing up to share your work and things of that sort? It's challenging. And sometimes it's more challenging for others versus others, right? Sometimes it's more challenging for one group of people versus another group of people or just a different personality. Um, I will say that for me, I don't internalize everything And I think that's just a part of my personality. And when I say I don't internalize everything, the weird part of that is I don't internalize everything outside, right? But if something directly affects me, I may internalize it more. But if it's something that doesn't directly touch me, like or my family, I have have an ability to disconnect a little bit better. But not everybody has that. And I get it. I I absolutely get that. So for me, it might be a little bit easier because what I do is I tune in and then I tune out because I know that because I also have this passion in me, I will, I will go down a rabbit hole and I will get frustrated 
But then I also think to myself, what can I do? I've done all the things that I can do. You know what I mean? Uh, every, everybody, if they said right, I didn't wrote them. Uh, the calls, everything, right? And so it's like, I also have to check myself to not allow myself to go down to that place of just like anger where I stay there and stew there either. But I understand that there are a lot, a lot of people who are a lot more emotionally connected and they don't really have that option. They feel everything, right? And I think if you're one of those people, the best thing that you could do, and I'm no therapist, I'm nothing like that. Just in my mind, what I think, the best thing that you could do is talk about it and get it out. Like talk about it with somebody who is just as engaged as you. So you can have a full conversation about it, not just somebody who's going to listen to you rant and rave, you know? Talk about it so you can get it out and kind of get it off your chest. Do what you feel like is within your power to make some type of difference so that you feel like you took some kind of action step. And then if you're a spiritual person, if you're a religious person, pray about it. Pray about it. Mm -hmm. Because they say that if you have faith, then you can't worry, right? And so sitting here, And worrying about something that's outside of your control is not going to do you any good. But it's not to say that you can't have an awareness. Always be aware of what's going on and stay abreast and know what's happening. But just keep keep yourself in check in terms of how much you allow yourself to internalize it and to engage with it. And that's that's what I do. Because last night I found myself so throughout the day. You know, when we got the basically the news that when that little fool got on TV and made that little speech and, you know, oh, that attorney general, it was just like, this is pointless. Right. So I tapped in and out of that. I didn't sit there and watch it in its entirety. And then at the end of the night, I was just kind of like surfing around and reading things and watching things. And I found myself getting angry. And I said, you already know what happened. So now. You got to, it's time to get out. It's time to get off and get out. You can't stay in this. You can't keep consuming, consuming, consuming to a point where you just in this just eternity of anger. You can't do that. I think that for many of us, myself included, we have to start looking at tuning out as the next best skill that we all need to develop. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be... We're not trying to say that because I understand that a lot of us are desensitized by everything that's thrown our way, whether it be social media, the news, all these things. Right. And it's not saying buy into that desensitized. I can't even get it out. Buying into being desensitized because you do want to be have emotion and you do want to feel. But you also got to remind yourself that you still have to live your life and you still got to show up in this world. Mm -hmm. And. The actions of some people cannot cripple you to a point to where you can't show up and do what you got to do. Right. And I think you said it perfectly when you said, you know, you can become aware and then figure out what is it that you have the power to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it that you have the power to do? Yeah. And then I I believe the next best thing for you to do is, again, you still have to tune out. Yeah. Because it can take you down 
a rabbit hole or at least tune out and act on whatever it is that you say that you have the power to do. Otherwise, you're just consuming, consuming, consuming. And this Mm. consumption creates confusion and anger and all of these these other kind of emotions that take us off, um, Mm. take us away from our gifts, essentially. But once you figure out what you have the power to do and make the decision to do just that, you do have to tune out. Yeah. And also remember, everything doesn't have to be for show either for everybody. I think so many people feel like in order to show their outrage or in order to show that they're feeling something or in order to show that they down with the community or whatever, I got to post about it. I got to rant and rave about it on social media. That's how some people release themselves. Mm-hmm. But not everybody. You don't have to be that person. If how you deal with it is you sit in silence and you meditate, that's how you that's how you do. You know what I mean? And nobody can be the judge about how you cope with, deal with, process information. Because unfortunately, Breonna Taylor will not be the last victim of an injustice in this society. Mm-hmm. And that's the unfortunate reality that our world has to deal with and that as Black people, we have to deal with more intimately because we don't know. We could be next. One of our family members could be next. You don't know when this type of situation is going to hit you or impact you. But that also goes back to we can't live in fear either and we can't dwell on the negative. We have to do what we can do And then we have to pick ourselves up like we've done for hundreds of years as a people. And we got to get it done, whatever that looks like for us. We can't make excuses, you know, about why we can't do all the things that we need to do. Because you got a moment to feel how you feel, especially if you're one of those people who feels things deeper. You got a moment, but it can't last forever. And that's just the reality. Because then it starts to feel like, are you just trying to get out of what you're supposed to be doing? Right. You know what I mean? Let's be real. Let's be real. Are you? you, you you're absolutely right. You're, you are absolutely right. Be honest with yourself when yeah. you know you're going down the rabbit hole of consumption to avoid executing on your gifts or your goals, those things that you said that mm-hmm. you wanted to do. And for me too, that that... Um, getting back on track, one of the solutions to getting back on track is having, you know, good relationships. You yes. can talk, you know, reach out to someone and they say, okay, listen, we don't talk about this for two, three days. Girl, what you going to do? Yeah. You know, like you, you, yep. the, the, there's so much power right now in having a network, a safe space that you could vent. Yes. Um, and I do believe in that. And then, you know, a safe space for people to say, okay, girl, let's get back to work. Let's yeah. the best way we yeah. can change the conversation about some of the things that's happening right now is to right. execute on whatever it is we have the power yeah. to do. Because the more that you create your voice and show up in your space, whatever that is, the better leverage you have to make an impact on a larger level. Whatever that looks like, whether that be a financial contribution, whether that be a contribution of your personality, you know, if you grow to that space, whatever it is, there may be a contribution that you can really give that will serve the greater good 
if you just keep going with what you're supposed to be doing. That is so true. And it reminds me of a gem in the book. (laughs) When you say your best talent may be overlooked by you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what I found, like even if we look back over everything that's happening right now, Mm -hmm. some people have used their voice in some amazing ways to bring attention or, you know, raise money for certain causes. And so I do believe, you know, you can look at yourself in such a way, even if you're running, let's say, a business where you're selling candles, right? (laughs) I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, You could still find some talents that you didn't know you had that really stems from a frustration that you're experiencing in your community. And so... Mm -hmm. A lot of that at times, I know even for me, has come from people seeing me or hearing me vent about something. And they're like, Candy, you know, you make some really good points. Why don't you do a podcast episode about that? Or why don't you talk more about that? And for me, I feel like, too, that comes from being open to feedback as well as, well, constructive feedback that doesn't feel good sometimes. But sometimes people are like, okay, girl, you've been talking about this for five days. What you going to (laughs) do? Right, 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 right. <laughs> so when you think about also your journey, you know, being in the uh, consultant entrepreneur space, even if you're climbing up the corporate ladder of success, you have to be open to a certain amount of feedback. Absolutely. To get to that next level and to advance in your career. Where yeah. do you, um, have you always been open to feedback? Because I know sometimes people struggle with getting kind of constructive criticism or feedback from people. I mean, I still struggle with it. I do. I feel like I have more self-awareness that allows me to hear people more now. Um, but I do, I do recognize that I'm also a sensitive person. And, and, and as, be, as a creator as well, you know, I'm sensitive about my shit, like they say. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't always want to hear somebody like knocking it down or telling you what you should have did or whatever. Um, But I do recognize when there are people that you have created or you're in relationship with um, that really do care about you and really do want to see you win. And when they say certain things, it's for your benefit. And so I am with those people, I'm really open to right. what they have to say. And I, I don't get defensive. Or I try not to get defensive or anything like that because I know the place they're coming from because we've probably been in this territory before. Right. Maybe. And, you know, just in, in looking at us. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think maybe a foundation probably has to be established because over yeah. the years, you know, I've sent you a link like, girl, what you think? Or do you have a minute, you know, to talk mm-hmm. about this and give me yeah. some feedback? And I, and, and to your point, you, you know, it's easier when you know the person wants to see you win. And I exactly. feel like, you know, when we've helped each other over the past, whether it's just kind of like, does this read right? Does this sound like, do you think? I yeah. This? The, space was already created where we wanted to see each other win. Absolutely. And I do believe for me, when I meet people who kind of struggle, I was talking to someone last night and they were like, I really struggle with feedback. And for me, I try to look at it this way. Feedback has been some of the best thing 
the best things that have happened for me because mm-hmm. I've gotten good direction mm-hmm. um, and guidance to help me get out of my own way. Or sometimes, you know, you're just kind of like in your own head. Yeah. Um, yep. And even over the last few years, now I have been very surprised that a lot of good feedback <laughs> has came from people I've met on, on social media. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how have you, have you developed, well, we kind of, we met in person, I think the first time and then took the relationship yes. to another level online and came back in person. Yes, so, exactly. So mm-hmm. have you been able to establish, I'm sure some really good relationships from meeting people online and taking them offline? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it, it comes back to that thing too, we were saying before, is sometimes you just kind of got to watch people too and see how they move and see if that's somebody that you do want to be in relationship with because you don't need to be in relationship with everybody just because they're there. Right. You know, um, a lot of us have a lot on our plates and our schedules and different in our demands in our lives. So you don't want to just sit there and open yourself up to everybody. You don't have to be in relationship with everybody, but once you see how a person moves and if you see that there's some alignment with how you move. Yeah create a relationship or create a deeper relationship. You know what I mean? I think that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I, yes, I have done that and I need to actually do more of it. I need to do more of it. And it, you know, it's funny because there was somebody, I was watching a conference today and there was a young lady who was on my podcast before and we haven't really spoke since she's been on the podcast, but she introduced me to somebody else she thought would be a good guest. And when I saw her hosting for this conference today, I was so proud of her. And I was like, oh my God, I know her. Like, that's dope, good for her. And then she said something that made me want to reach out to her and inquire and ask a question about something else. And sometimes you hesitate because you're like, oh, I haven't spoke to that person all the time or whatever. But I reached out because also in the back of my mind, I was thinking exactly what we were just talking about. I need to be in better relationship with her. She's obviously in alignment with the space that I'm in, where I'm going, the things that I want to do more of, I need to be in better relationship with her. Let me start here with asking, with telling her, I've seen you doing your thing today. You were amazing. And then asking her that question, you know? So it's, I think it's just being mindful of the people who you think you could be in good relationship with. A lot of people, I think sometimes they look at it from a self-serving perspective, like what can I get out of this person or from this relationship? But everybody wants to be in a mutually beneficial relationship. So you can also recognize what can be beneficial for you, but also recognize how you may be beneficial for that other person too. Right. You know, and then, and then kind of take it from there and let it keep going from there. Right. I I mean, even when, you know, I think about the book, quit playing small for me and some of the major opportunities that have happened throughout my career Mm-hmm. It would not have happened without other people <laughs> helping Absolutely. me not play small because, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, people think I'm an extrovert, but I'm really introverted. Like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to plan to be extroverted, but I would prefer to be introverted. Right. right? right. So right. some of the relationships, though, that I have, you know, been able to establish, of course, creating mutual value have really helped me to stop playing. Mm-hmm. Small, right? Mm-hmm. And they seen that, you know, I had a talent that I probably needed to extend my voice with the 
with the podcast. So even when it comes to cancer conversations, y'all, let me tell y'all something. Ayana got my mind all the way together. Like, girl, you need to start this thing. You need to start this thing over. I had to go search through my emails for an, an email list that she sent me with the tools that I could use. She rated the different tools. Like, if you're going to use this one, go here. So I really had no excuse to relaunch yeah. because yeah. she uh, was probably part of the quit playing small mantra mm. in Candia's life. And then, mm. listen, girl, this is what you need to do, okay? And go do it. And that's it. Yeah. You don't have to really have this whole thing laid out. Yeah. And sometimes I think, just going back to that quote too, sometimes people see something in you that you just can't see in yourself. And sometimes people are sent in your life for a season too. You may not have to be in relationship with them forever for them to drop that gym on you and then they keep it moving. And you're like, oh, that person just got me all the way together. Okay, cool. Good. You know what I mean? Because sometimes if sometimes you also need to hear from other people who aren't in extremely close relationship with you because sometimes you respect it more too, mm. what they say. And I just remember when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, I was really like talking to people about my skill set and my strengths and how they saw me and all of that. And that's where it came up about me and writing in my way with words. And that came naturally to me. So I always overlooked it and just thought that it was something that people did. I thought that's the way that everybody wrote. I, I didn't see anything out of the ordinary about it. And it was funny because when I really sat there and started to think about it, my one of my best friends, she, her father asked me to write something for him one time. And he was like, everybody, you know, everybody calls me either Ayana or Angel. And so he was like, that angel, she sure got away with words, honey. And it was like, he asked me to write this professional email for him and everything. And I, I did it and put it together and whatever. And he sent it. And I remember her coming back and telling me that he said that. And we were cracking up. And I just dismissed it and left it at that. But years later, when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next, and people, that writing element kept coming up, I was like, Hmm. Mr. Clark definitely did say that. You know what I mean? That so is I, an amazing story <laughs> because for me and for many other people, sometimes we overlook those things that come natural to yep. us. And that's your moneymaker. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Tap into it. Tap into it. That's your it factor. So mm -hmm. I'd like to summarize today with probably... It was hard for me to choose the, the, the quotes that resonated most with mm. me in the book. But um, with the last gem dropper that I'm going to share today from Quit Playing okay. Small is you can't go into a new season expecting to bring the old you with you and win. And I can't say enough, you all, about just a lot of what we talked about today, being open to curiosity being open to let letting other people in and possibly giving you some advice, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that, that untapped talent that you're probably not using to the best of your potential. And Ayana, tell the people how they can uh, continue to engage with you online. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Candia, for this conversation. This was so good. I'm, I feel inspired now. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can find me at ayanaangel.com and that's A-H-Y-I-A-N-A angel.com um, ayana.angel on Instagram. They can check out the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast, which is listed on ayanaangel.com, but it's also everywhere where you list this podcast or they can go to maziemedia.com and that's M-A-Y-Z-I-E media.com where they can listen to other podcasts that I engage with as well. <laughs> there you have it, party people. Thanks for listening. I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>